You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 187, where we will be discussing chapter 17 of City of Lost Souls, Valediction. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. What, what? I know that felt like it went a little too smooth. We had to throw something in there. (laughs) I know, usually I fuck up at some point. (laughs) Look at that professionalism. Oh, crazy. Uh. Crazy. (sighs) Yeah. Let's take a moment of silence for nothing crazy going on this week. Yeah. (laughs) I'm yawning. Holy crap, we're boring. Mm-hmm. Y'all. It's good to be bored, though. Agreed. It is. Uh-huh. Which is why I'm sitting in my bed in the middle of my room, because my entire bedroom is pulled into the center of the room so I can paint my room while my husband is on a business trip, because he would <laughs> bitch at me if I tried to do it while he was here. <laughs> So does he know that you're doing it? Nope. Or is this shy a surprise? <laughs> Love it. Full shy a surprise. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. I love it. Yeah, I so did the you... garage last time my husband was out of town. That's as, that, as far mm. as I'm going to go. I love it. I'm not allowed to paint because it looks really bad when I do it. Mm. Same. Uh-huh. I can. I'm a good tape layer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would do the tape perfectly, but that's about it. Um, okay, listen. I have to know your chaos. So, did you take a color sample and take it home and be like, "Yes, this looks good," and then you got a sample of the paint <laughs> and you put it on the wall and let it dry, or did you just go, "This looks good. I'm gonna take it home and paint it." Of course, it's option B. Of course it is. It has to be because I am option A, and I am also option A. Of course, and I feel like I'm in the middle. Like I feel like I'm the middle of you two, generally. (laughs) Like I'm the Venn diagram. I am the middle of the Venn diagram of the two of you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That is a hundred percent, a hundred percent the truth. Yes, in almost every situation. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like, I was like, yeah, I feel like you probably just were like, mm, yes. Immediately, yes. Yes. And I bet you don't even have tape. No, I do have tape. Okay. Because oh, I know that, like, Kristen's Voldemort was a painter. So you're very skilled uh, right, at painting. I, I see. thought about it. I did. Because I was like, I was like, do I want to, like, go through the hassle of taping the ceiling? Because I'm like, I can cut in the ceiling. Like, that's not hard to do. Um, but then I was like, no, I'm just going to fucking do it. Cause like, I don't want to have to be careful. Like mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. just be able to like put on my, on my book and just have a grand old time and not have to right. like put any pressure on myself. But I did, I did think about it. I was like, should I just, and I'm like, no, no, because yes, I, I, I spent many a Saturday in a construction zone, um, painting trim or taping, sockets in an entire mansion that's that was always fun that was fun when that was my job it's like here's a roll of tape go tape up all the sockets Uh uh-huh i'm like knock yourself out kid i'm like yeah why don't you give me a screwdriver and we'll just take it off 
Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I still put tape over the outlets, even with the outlet Same. off, because I don't want to mistake. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to fix our bathroom because we taped, and then I was like, you have to let the tape dry before you take the tape off. That's why we always have problems with the tape. My husband's like, are you sure that sounds wrong? I was like, yeah, <laughs> let the tape dry. I was immediately wrong. Absolutely awesome. not. Absolutely not. Because it's like latex paint. So it like mm-hmm. it forms a bond. So you want to rip it off while it's. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Abs. And then the cat scratched up the wall because yeah. she's Cat scratch evil. <laughs> she escaped my house. Okay. So I, I'm going to, this will be my story and then I'll be done. Mm-hmm. Okay. My house, I'm trying not to turn the furnace on. Mm-hmm. It's been about 30 days. I'm going to see as long as we can go. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was a little hot when I came home. So I was like, I'll open the garage door and we have the sliding screen. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll put the screen up. The cat ripped a hole in the bottom of it, but I'll put a coat there. Because <laughs> it's always worked, right? Always worked. Solution. My kid, Audrey, wants me to go install the PlayStation in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll go do that now. And so I go upstairs with her, putting the PlayStation in. William comes upstairs and sits on the bed. The cat comes upstairs, goes into her bedroom, meows, looks around at everybody, and then walk downstairs and fucking walks out the door. Yeah. Like, escapes out the bottom of the door. Like, I swear to you, she checked to make sure the coast was clear. Yep. Before she just moved the fucking coat out of the way. Uh-huh. Just a little paw and yep. just went underneath it. Did you get her back? Yeah, well, she was just out the side of the house. <laughs> she, was, she was just Menacing chilling. the neighbor's cat. He was hunkering in fear, Aww. and she was, like, standing the there cat? over him. No, it's his brother. Oh. So he's very small. And so I tried to get her, I tried to coax her with, like, wet food, and she wasn't, she didn't care. Well, because Sushi's evil. Sushi is a feral street cat. She's yes. awesome. She's literally a dumpster uh-huh. cat. <laughs> well, and she is, like, she's smart because... So I was, I told Audrey, I'm like, you go in the backyard because if she jumps over the fence, you know, we got to have someone on all sides. And so I'm like, talk to her. So that way, like, I can sneak up on her. And so she's meowing at her. Like, she, like, oh, my poor baby. She's, meow. Like, oh, she's hurt. Poor baby. And it was a fucking ploy, dude. It was a ploy. Of course. The biggest lie that humans ever told ourselves is that we are the ones that own cats. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) The cats run our lives. Yes. (laughs) And she's been in a bad mood since she got put back in the house. She's pissed. She's like, fuck you. (laughs) You can't keep me in here forever. Well, because she so gets great. to go outside in the backyard often, because mm-hmm. Omar will take her outside. Mm-hmm. But the second, like, the neighbor cats come at her, she kind of, like, looks like she's going to try to jump. He'll put her back inside. Mm-hmm. And so she was free. 
She was Nick Cannon wiling out. Now she's grounded. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I do miss <coughs> my kitty. Oh. Cats are great. Yep. I had a pretty cool ass cat. That's mm-hmm. sad. We're pretty sure that a coyote or something got him. Mm. He just disappeared one day. Mm-hmm. Magnus has figured out that well, he's broken Bryn's bathroom door to the point <laughs> where he, no matter if you lock it or not, he is able to heft his weight. Like, he literally just throws himself against the door and it opens because he's such a fucking <laughs> giant. <laughs> he literally just, like, <gasps> like, just throws his whole ass body at the door. <laughs> That's crazy. He doesn't even come in, though. He just opens the door and stares at you. And there's, like, this little, like, half wall, like, where the toilet is. So, like, you just kind of, like, look over your knees. <laughs> you just see him standing <laughs> on the threshold with the door open, like, bitch, you think you can hide from me? <laughs> like- right. That's, like, dude, cats are so much like toddlers. Olivia does that when I'm in the shower because we have a glass door on our shower. And she will open it. Because she's in a door-closing stage of her life right now. Of course, toddler. And she just will open it and stand there and make me just have to get out of the shower to go reach Mm -hmm. to close it again. Cats are just like toddlers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this morning, I I just, I got her in the shower with me. Andy got her undressed. He was like, you want in? Go for it. (laughs) She wasn't into it. Oh, I... I did that with Bryn all the time. Well, it was mm. like the single mom win. Of course. Like, yes. Oh my God. It was so much easier. I was like, oh my God, my oh life. My. I just shaved like 45 minutes off of my life. <laughs> a few times a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I don't want to get my hair wet. 90% of the time I'm in the shower. So that's just not my jam. Um, mm. I wear a, um, yep. Shower cap. Shower cap. Yep. I just tapped my head until I could think of the word. Mm-hmm. Oh, shitters. Oh, my gosh. I, I want to share this one little thing before we move on. So I have this note on my mic, and it says, pillow for desk slapping. And I wrote this when I was editing the last episode because I keep... When, when I'm editing, I'm like, I hate recording, Kristen, because you won't stop slapping the fucking table, right? I'm an animated speaker. I apologize. <laughs> but this is just who I am. However. Uh, do you have a pillow now? However, I do. Well, now it doesn't matter because I'm sitting on my bed with my desk in front of right. me. So I'm up above. So I'm slapping my legs and not, <laughs> not the desk. the base. Yes, loving the base. <laughs> but I was like, every fucking time I edit an episode, I'm just like, Kristen, would you stop it? Why do you do this? I And you, you hate yourself a little bit more every time you listen to yourself on fucking okay. recording. Dear uh-huh. God, it's the worst thing ever. But I keep forgetting to like bring something to muffle the sound of my slapping because I have tried sitting on my hands. I've tried busying my hands. None of it works. 
there just needs to be a muffle. It just I just need uh-huh. reasonable accommodations for who I am as a person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I hit my mic sometimes when I'm talking. Mm. Most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah, same. My problem is I can't stop drinking coffee. So sorry, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anything does anyone have anything else to share? Never. Never never. Never never. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, why don't we cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Clary and her bro Jamma Jamma arrive at home to find Jace's up and tucked away in the secret training room. The air quotes old Jace is seemingly sneaking through when the question of Clary's safety is arisen when they retell the tale of meeting Magdalena. Sebi decides to chuck a throwing star at his blood brother to demonstrate trust and I think to get him back on track to the dark side. Sebastian finally reveals what his big maniacal plans are. He's going to use the new cup crafted by Magdalena to show to some greater demons to trick them into thinking that he's going to make an army of evil shadow hunters. Then he'll bribe the demons to add their blood to the cup and when they do, it will murder them. And when the clave sees how fucking bamfy and clever they are, they're going to have to listen to them about how corrupt and stupid they're being. So dumb. It's Absolutely. such a childish, like, perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Clary has a lot to take in, and she's, of course, wary of dealings with her brother. So she decides to go take a nap to sleep it off, and Jace follows her. Things quickly turn into heavy petting, and Clary is not into it. Possessed Jace is acting like a giant tool and pushing Clary, who finally snaps. He goes to cool off with a cold shower, and when he comes out, they're both over it quickly, digging into a deep conversation about what it means to this Jace to be free from the clave and covenant of the Shadow Hunters. Clary wants to actually go to sleep, so she has Jace read to her from a little Easter egg of the book Will gave to Tessa of A Tale of Two Cities. Hmm. Jumping into NYC, Simon meets up with Rebecca with the intentions of telling her to say it out loud. And then have her run, girl, get out of his life. It takes some convincing But his sister finally realizes that Simon is telling the truth about being a vamp, and she vows to figure things out with him because she loves him no matter what. Jordan, on the other hand, is pacing the apartment, waiting anxiously for Maya to return from seeing Luke and asking about the farm. He's pacing, as I said for the second time, being a teenager who is suddenly devoid of all of his critical thinking skills. When Maya does finally arrive, she tells him Luke okayed the use of the farm and she got some advice from him about telling Simon about Maureen. Jordan is offended because he thought his advice should be good enough for her, but Maya's like, bitch, please, I wanted to talk to an adult. Jordan gets over it and they start getting touchy-feely. Maya says that she'd like to put the brakes on a little bit and talk. Jordan effectively shuts down her feelings in the most flaming of the fans of my patriarchal rage sort of way. And Maya, clearly hurt because we're reading between the lines here, decides to just do what he wants and keeps making out. Gross. <sighs> Gross. Gross. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you guys, it's road trip time for the B team. Which I'm convinced if they were the A team would have actually finished this plot within the first three books, but <laughs> it's not neither here nor there. Um, 
So they're cruising in Jordan's truck. Magnus is driving. Shocking. I know. Simon's even like, I didn't expect that. Which I also didn't <laughs> expect. Not that I didn't uh-huh. think Magnus could drive. Like, I, I for sure thought Magnus could drive. I just always imagine Magnus as someone that would be like, but I can drive, but I'm not going to. You're going to drive me. Yeah, he's definitely a passenger princess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we knew he could drive because of Red Scrolls, right? Didn't he drive through... Yeah. yeah. The yeah, windy yeah. roads a little bit. Yeah. Still, I agree. But <clears throat> anyway, so he's driving. Alec is next to him. And Izzy is squished between her brother and Simon, who's plastered to the passenger door. <laughs> and these people must be so skinny. They all are. Yes. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Although, like, wouldn't they be kind of like... Burly shadow hunter bodies. No, I, I guess don't think any I of guess them are. not. Well, like no, okay, so that's right. Alec is slender. I envision being like very tall and slender. Mm-hmm. Alec is tall and broad-shouldered, but like for the most part, like medium build. Uh huh. In my head, Izzy is voluptuous, but she's also an athletic build, and Simon is mm-hmm. a skinny vampire. <laughs> So, I mean... He's a skinny hipster vampire. Yeah. Right. So, like, he's definitely got narrow hips. Uh. (laughs) Awesome. But, like, a quick sidebar. I I was just, like, thinking about this when I... Because I refer to them as the B team. But, like, they're so much more entertaining. Right? Like... Yeah. Let's be honest. Yes. Definitely. But it just kind of brought something up that like ensemble casts like obviously they're not anything new ensemble casts have obviously been around um but I've noticed that they've increased in popularity among like mainstream YA NA those kinds of books specifically fantasy along with the found family trope which I also really love. And mm-hmm. The what did you say? Found family. Oh, okay, okay. That's what I thought you said, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, and I just, I like that I'm seeing the trend of the shift from, like, this, like, two-person, like, their relationship is, like, literally the center of all the world, and everyone else is, you know, a supporting character, yes, but, like, a minimal supporting character. Mm-hmm. I really like the ensemble cast where you get different point of views. You get to, like, they get to be part of the story. And it's not just about two magically predestined people that are, like, you know, whatever. Yes. <laughs> I just, I, I love it. And I like that I'm seeing that trend as, like, more popular as stuff comes out. It's a lot more like six of crows and you know the atlas six and all that stuff like i'm into it anyway Mm -hmm. not complaining so simon hadn't expected the lightwood siblings to join he and magnus on this like almost certain suicide mission to summon angel daddy (laughs) he's like (laughs) i didn't know that you guys would want to (laughs) come and alec of course demanded to come along with magnus which not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Come on. And Izzy pulled the last minute dash just before they left. So they really didn't have a whole lot of time to argue. She's just like, nope, I'm coming with you. And they're like, I guess. I mean, yeah, something could happen to him. I think I, if I were Simon, I'd want her there too. 
what I don't understand is why not all of them are going. Like, uh-huh. I, I guess I un- I understand that it's super dangerous. They wanted to limit exposure. I guess I can understand that. But at the same time, like, everything they do is life-threatening. Mm-hmm. They, they don't do anything well, that's and- not life or death. <laughs> Did we already address, we could have, and I'm just dumb, why didn't they just portal? Couldn't Magnus have just created a portal? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. This was just more fun. I think so. Okay, on that, more importantly, Mm -hmm. do you think Magnus could have either, like, A, magically added, like, an extra thing so it was, like, a crew crab truck? Yes. Or, like, put Mm -hmm. a top on the back so people could, they could be more comfortable instead of being squished on a single bed? That's, that's what, like, yes. I, I, I feel like Magnus just wanted to have a road trip. Interesting. Maybe he wanted to give Simon more time to think about it. Maybe. Like, I, I just, I feel like sometimes, and this is like one of those things that happens with fantasy, is like when magic is introduced, when then magic is not applied to every situation, it feels kind of weird. Like, why wouldn't you use magic? If you have uh-huh. it, you would use it, right? And so it becomes like, well, how do you create conflict in your life? Like, how do you create any sort of like adversity at all if everything is that, that simple and it becomes very boring which well I, and obviously <laughs> summoning the angels a big spell like maybe he needs to save his <gasps> right? mana right for that so like the portal opening a portal would like okay tap into you know, the resources see he I like did that. say that he needed to rest first so mm-hmm. that's a very good point well and then that would bring up the question is again why are you driving why isn't Simon driving? Because Simon uh-huh. A knows where it's at and B has a driver's license. We're not sure if Magnus even has a valid driver's license. And Simon's the one that borrowed the car. Listen, it's because Magnus is Amanda and he needs to be in charge of his own life on the yes. road. Because Magnus is like, I'm 800 years old. Ain't no way I'm putting my hands. My life in the hands of a 16-year-old boy in New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On these exactly. streets? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> so, Alec, uh, oh, that's not what I was going to say. Okay, so Magnus handled the road tunes with, like, a tap of blue sparks. <laughs> and... This music started playing, and I'm I'm going to read to you what happens next. But I have a question for you. So I feel like they did a sh- – because they're New Yorkers, they did a shit job of road trip essentials, okay? Obviously, like we've already said, they have not accounted for mm-hmm. comfort. They're driving all the way up right. state New York, and you're, like, scrunched in here. Like, uh, Izzy, sit on Simon's lap. Make uh, – That seems more uncomfortable to me. It, see, for me, I'd be like, that'd be more comfortable for everybody. The boys all get some more room, and she's not squished. Although Simon's probably pretty bony. I mean, I think he'd be okay with that. But, like, bony butt, it's probably going to hurt his legs. Mm-hmm. And her butt's probably going to get sore, and she's Izzy tall. Izzy does not have a bony butt. Okay, okay, fair. I think she does. Izzy's got ass for days. <laughs> I mean... I don't think that means anything because, like, I think her glutes are, like, strong anyway. So that Mm -hmm. also hurts. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's like, I don't think she doesn't have a butt. I think just her muscly body is not super comfortable sitting on you for right. hours. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because how long is this drive? Like two hours. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, listen, this is too much information, but I'm going to tell you this anyway. It's very quick. My nephew goes to college in Massachusetts and he invited my husband to go over there for parents weekend, which I think is adorable. And we really wanted to try to make it work. And my niece was like, yeah, you fly into Albany, New York. And I was like, New York isn't by Massachusetts. And I was like, wait. I need to look at a fucking map because uh-huh. it has been since like eighth grade social studies. Yeah. And I just was like, this is not how I realized these. Like, I know where the states are. Mm-hmm. I had to be able to write them on a blank map and do all the capitals and stuff. As an adult, that knowledge has seeped out of my brain. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I am by far not qualified to answer how long this road trip is because I didn't even know where New York was on the map. Oh my god. Apparently. I imagine it's probably like two hours. Mm-hmm. Not accounting for traffic getting out of the city. Mm-hmm. But um but that's also entire conjecture because I have no idea where any of this really is. And I'm just making sure. Right. My question was that if it w- if this was a proper road trip. Out of these four that are going on this trip, who would be in charge of snacks? Who would be your driver? Who would be your navigator? And who would be your tunes player? Mm, okay. Got it. Okay. Alec is going to drive. Okay. Because he's in charge. Focused. So is Exy. Uh, Magnus in charge of music. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, I don't feel like Izzy would be very good at snacks, but I also don't think that she would be (laughs) very good at navigating. She'd be like me as a navigator, like, oh, we were supposed to turn there. Look at that. (laughs) So I think she would have to be in charge of snacks. Maybe she's good at buying snacks because she's not good at cooking. Mm -hmm. Mm, Okay. So then Simon in charge of snacks, I guess. Or navigating. Wait, what did I say? It doesn't matter. You get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simon's the afterthought. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever's left over. Are we assuming Izzy knows how to drive? Yes. Okay. So Izzy's okay. a driver. Okay. Alec is a navigator. Mm-hmm. He is. I know he will actually watch the road. Yes. Magnus is in charge of snacks, clearly, because he can get the best snacks from fucking anywhere. Fair. And Simon's in charge of music because I feel like we, him and I have the same taste in music. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Especially at that age of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I could switch Izzy and Alec. Because even I... if Izzy was a shitty navigator, I feel like Alec would be, like, he would be micromanaging the navigation if he is driving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what kind of music Magnus would like. Like, he's been alive for so long. Right. It would be You'll so hear it. This is a jam, right? and it's from yeah. the 20s. Okay. Yeah. What is yours, ma'am? Um, mine would be Alec driving. Uh, snacks? 
I would not trust Izzy with snacks because I just, mm-hmm. I'm worried. So Magnus would have to be snacks. I think Izzy would be tunes and then Simon would be navigation because Simon knows where he's going. That's fair. That's fair. And mm-hmm. I feel like Izzy would be a safe tunes selector. I feel like she wouldn't be, uh-huh. nothing would be too crazy. What did we use in, what is this, 2007 still? Yeah. Was it MapQuest? <laughs> Thomas Guide? Hold Not on. Not a lot of people had a Thomas Guide. Now, what were you saying about Thomas Guide, Amanda? Oh, I was just saying um, they probably don't have a Thomas Guide because that's more of like a dry, actual driver situation, right? Mm-hmm. We had those at work. Yeah. So it's got to be MapQuest back then. I can't, I'm well, just trying mean, to remember what we used. Back then, there were garments and stuff. Yeah, they also, were just really garments. Terrible. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were coming yes. out. But I don't think I think I think Simon knows where he's going. Yeah. So I, I imagine Lewis Quest. Yeah, okay. I, I imagine that in this situation, this is a lot like when we would drive out to my grandma's in Prineville. Mm-hmm. Like, you go out there a couple times a year, you know the way, like, since you were a child. So it's, like, automatic. Mm-hmm. Like, over the, over the hill, wait, what is it? The grandmother's house yeah. saying? Over the hill and through the woods. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that's cute. Okay, so Magnus flips on some tunes. And, listen, we know dreams are important. We know songs and poems and quotes are important. So I'm going to read to you the lyrics of this song. I did try to Google it to see if it was a real song and couldn't find anything. So that means to me that this is probably important to plot. Okay. (laughs) So to mirror went she straight away and did her ebon hair array and for her grown her grown gown that doesn't say that's not grown that's gown (laughs) (laughs) i'm waiting henry i was i'm waiting for my new glasses to get in okay (laughs) that's what i'm going with and for her gown she did pay then down she walked along the street a handsome lad she chanced to meet and sore by dawn her were her dainty feet but all the boys were gay <laughs> so did i miss this this is these are lyrics from a song that they are listening to this is how did i miss this this is perfect of course this would be what he listens to and it's like fairy music right yeah he's like is this fairy music what the fuck is happening <laughs> so great isabel Smith. it's like the oh Sorry. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isabel snorted. All the boys are gay in this truck anyway. Well, not you, Simon. You noticed, said Simon. <laughs> I think of myself as a freewheeling bisexual, added Magnus. Please never say those words in front of my parents, Al- said Alec, especially my father. <laughs> <laughs> Just not knowing if it's one way or the other. Robert just couldn't handle it. If it's his brain would malfunction. Yeah. His head would explode. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
anyways, so obviously hilarious, mm-hmm. but also brings up the the question of like what? And Simon <laughs> Simon was under the impression that Alec and Izzy's parents were like okay with him coming out. Like he did this whole big thing during the war and like no one seemed to like freak out about it. So he just assumed that they were okay with it, right? Like assuming that like if you're not gonna lose your shit and like throw your kid out, then like you're okay with it, right? Which I feel mm-hmm. like while reading this, I'm like, well that's kind of you know, a little short-sighted, a little naive, if you will. I don't think Simon um, read those pamphlets. No, but <laughs> but I do understand the sentiment of like, if you're not like super opposed, then what is like how from the perspective of someone being the generation that Simon is in this you know, all, all these people, mm-hmm. there are generations. So, like, I'm thinking about as a teenager, right? Like, specifically gay rights was a big deal. Gay marriage uh-huh. was a huge deal when we were teenagers. It was probably the first thing that we got super political about after mm-hmm. 9-11 because 9-11 happened when we were still, you know, middle schoolers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was in high school. Oh, okay. We were in eighth grade. Calm down. It's not like you're like 18 months older than us. Yeah, I was a sophomore. Yeah. Amanda's like, I'm so much older. So old. Different generation. For sure. Yeah. No shared experiences at all. But it was like, it was a big thing because especially in Oregon, when we were in high school, they, gay marriage was on the ballot. It was, you know, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so I understand from, from that point of view of that generation of like, it's so widely accepted among our, our generation, but we are all very acutely aware that while our generation is for the majority, very accepting, Mm -hmm. our parents' generation we're very aware that they are not because it was us and our friends and people we went to school with that came out and we watched what happened. You know, there's either, it's either usually acceptance or vehement, you know, denial. And Uh uh at least from our perspective, right? Like you, you see the extreme cases, right? I don't know. That it was just I was thinking about like, it. I was like, I can understand where Simon is coming from, where he just would assume that everything was chill, because no one was mm-hmm. saying anything about it. But then, from Alex's perspective, he's like, well, no one's saying anything about it because, like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, uh-huh. and you're like, yeah, I get it. And it's just uh-huh. interesting how <laughs> you can see from other perspectives. I just well, I like. I think there's also this. a difference between like. What am I? Do- You're gonna have to fill in the words mm-hmm. for me because I don't know what I want to say. But like, I guess I'll accept that you are this way. But like, don't talk about it. Don't put it in my face. Mm-hmm. Don't bring it home. Don't whatever. Yeah. Like we're just gonna pretend that part of you doesn't exist. The the Bill yes. Clinton versus, approach. 
The don't ask, don't uh-huh, tell. Versus loving and like, yeah. you know, oh my gosh, like what, you know, what do you guys want for Christmas? Like that sort of like, there's totally a different. There's a variety of nuanced, like uh-huh. interactions that would, you know, shift the tone or whatever and can can happen in, in that scenario. But if you're not, if you're just a straight guy who just mm-hmm. is looking from the outside, I can totally see how you're like, wait, I thought, and also. Well, and Simon is written like almost unbearably straight. Yeah. Often in the book where it's like, oh, you know, Simon, he supposed Jordan was good looking, but he doesn't know if yeah. Yeah. men are good looking. He is like written almost like unimaginably straight i think as someone to have that Uh opposite opinion or Uh that like pov in the book where i don't think normally most people think like Mm -hmm. that maybe i i mean i don't know how most people think because i'm crazy right right (laughs) well also simon is like obviously from a very liberal background right his mom Uh is very liberal and so i think from that that generation, someone of our generation who grew up with liberal parents, they're not thinking, they're really thinking in the black and white, either they're going to freak out or they're not. And while he's mm-hmm. experienced this horrible situation with his mom over his vampirism, he is probably looking at it as the perspective of like, if I came home and told my mom why I was gay, like everything would be fine. Uh-huh. You know? So, I don't know. I just, I found it interesting and I, I like talking about gay shit, so. <laughs> um, it is Le Jibiquois. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Simon was under the impression uh, that Alec and Izzy's parents were okay. Um, but when he said as much, Alec informed them that while Maris has reached acceptance, if not enthusiasm, um, Robert is decidedly less so. He even asked Alec what he thought, quote, turned him gay, which, of course, Izzy is like, excuse me, he said what to you, which fully as a sister, like the rage the rage, my God, mm-hmm. I would lose mm-hmm. my motherfucking mind. And there is also well, something a, very. I wish he could find something like a snack that his dad really liked. Like it was the applesauce you always gave me when I was a kid. <laughs> oh my God, I would die. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Well, it was the way you hold your sword. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There is a specific kind of rage that a daughter can have towards her father that is just like, I don't know. There's just, mm. (laughs) like, and I don't know if it's necessarily like that specific dynamic or an aspect of that kind of dynamic in a certain situation where it's like a very overbearing like dominant father and then like Mm -hmm. you end up raising an independent woman and then you're shocked shocked when she stands up to you yes Mm -hmm. like that kind of like it's so ironic 
It's so ironic. I'm like, you wanted me to be a man. And then when I stand up to you like a fucking man, you're like, oh, <laughs> we don't need your attitude around here. But man, the anger. I'm like, I would do the same thing. If my father talked to my brothers like that, I would lose my motherfucking shit, which is, mm-hmm. of course, exactly why Alec did not tell Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and that's why. <laughs> He's like, because I'm the big brother and you don't need to be wasting your breath on a man who's never going to change his mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't trust anyone named Bob. All right. Um, okay, so where are we? Oh, yeah. She offers comfort in the idea that Robert probably won't be coming back from Idris anytime soon, if at all. She's like, eh, he probably won't come back. So you probably won't have to deal with him. It's probably fine. Yeah. And Izzy's upset to learn that there are things Alec doesn't tell her about the adversity he's faced since coming out. And she's like, well, what? Uh You have to tell me these things so I can defend you. And he's like, that's not your job. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to read this part because this is, I think, one of the most... We joke around a lot about these books, right? There's a lot of silly stuff. There's a lot of entertainment. I love it so much. But there are times when these books really hit things on the head that are really, like, important and kind of, you know, buried within. And almost always they have to do with Le Jibitaqua. And these books were very much a beacon in a time when there was no gay representation in mainstream YA. Like, really, really, there wasn't. So I feel like it's really, like, more important as we go through to, like, acknowledge the impact that Cassandra Clare did have on the literary world, especially in this way. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... Is, Alex said tiredly. It's not like it's one big bad thing. It's a lot of little invisible things. When Magnus and I were traveling and I'd call from the road, dad never asked how he was. When I was, when I get up to talk in clave meetings, no one listens. And I don't know if that's because I'm young or if it's because of something else. I saw mom talking to a friend about her grandchildren and the second I walked into the room, they shut up. Irina Cartwright told me it was a pity no one would ever inherit my blue eyes now. He shrugged and looked towards Magnus, who took a hand off the wheel for a moment to place it on Alex. It's not like a stab wound you can protect me from. It's a million tiny paper, or it's a million little paper cuts every day. Oh, fucking for real. And it's such a good (sighs) analogy for like so many things in life. Mm hmm. Such a good analogy. Just anything that people other you for, whether it's being fat or being a woman or being gay or, you know, being disabled or any of the million things that people get singled out for. Like, it's the uh-huh. little things. It's the the tiny little microaggressions that stack and stack and stack and bury you, you know? Anyway. I'm glad you read that. Mm-hmm. Don't be shitty to people, you guys. Uh-huh. Dude. It's just for real. Love everybody. And if you're an asshole, I feel like you should 
get beat up. <sighs> Look, your, get your comeuppance. It's it's one of the things about the '70s that I feel like we've lost. Like the '70s mm. and the '80s. If you were an asshole, you got your ass beat, and then you learned your fucking lesson. And I'm not saying that I condone violence. I mean, I do to an extent in certain situations. I was say, isn't that your love language? It is. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is like, obviously I don't want anyone to get hurt. And obviously the reason we don't do those things is because people can get hurt and because accidents happen and mm-hmm. things are very serious. But all I'm saying is that some of these people out in this world, there are too many people on this world who have not been punched in the face before and need to learn. That's great. Because I'm sorry. I feel like everybody needs to get punched in the face once in their life. So they know (laughs) what it feels like because some of y'all pop off with this mouth and I'm like, bitch, you don't even know. Anyway. I do like that um, sometimes on the internet people get their, what did I say before, comeuppance? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you want to act like a fool? Okay, here, here, mom, look at your child. Here, principal, this is what's happening. Like, yeah. I do, yeah. Yeah. Accountability for your actions. You can't act like that and not have something. My favorite is when people comment like shitty things like oh you're ugly or whatever and then people go back and they're like because they don't have a profile picture obviously and then they go back and find their picture and they re-comment and they're like this you that's my favorite because <laughs> they're always ugly yes <laughs> oh yeah i just read that piece so before izzy can respond to anything that alec has just said he's just laid it all out there Um, They come around the bend and the sign for Luke's cabin comes into view and Simon, recognizing Luke and Clary's handiwork, directs Magnus to turn toward the drive. Um, And he has like the memory of like when Luke painted the sign, which I think is really cool. It just Uh also goes to show why it makes no sense that Jocelyn is as cold. She is. Yep, Uh absolutely. Uh, So jumping over to Clary, who no one is shocked uh, to find has fallen asleep. Um, She's dreaming of Simon and the frozen lake and the towers of bone and rivers of blood flowing around them. It's not ideal. Right. It's not (laughs) not a great, not a great dream. Um, Clary wakes up uh, in time to overhear Jason Sebastian conveniently having a conversation just outside her door. <laughs> so weird. And somebody's like, hey, little bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you do the thing and then get the other thing I told you to? And Jace is less than enthused uh, as he showed Sebastian presumably the new cup. He's like, yeah, here it is, blah, blah. And Jace tries to offer it to Sebastian, who declines, saying that Jace did the work for it and he should get to hang on to it. And Jace disagrees with the, this assessment of their situation. He's like, ah, you see, uh, I don't deserve any of the honor uh, since I was just following your orders. It was your plan, after all. You're so amazing. Um, <laughs> but he's he's also, like, saying this shit, but, like, 
his heart's not in it. And Sebastian can really tell. Like, it's, he's concerned. He's like, there's something going on with Jason. I am not happy about it. Um, uh-huh. And Jason's like, yeah, yeah, you can have it. I don't care. Uh, besides, there's other places. Like, can I go? Do you mind? Um, and Sebastian stops Jason's retreat. Because, like, he's like, no, no. Nay, nay. There's something wrong. And he says to him, <clears throat> he's like, what's wrong with you? Like, I can tell. Something's wrong. And Jace says, I'm tired. And there's a lot of blood. Look, I just need to clean myself off and to sleep. And Jace's voice died. And to see my sister. I'd like to see her, yes. She's been asleep. Has been for hours. Do I need to ask your permission? There was a razored edge in Jace's voice, something that reminded Clary of the way he had spoke once spoken to Valentine, something she had not heard in the way he had spoke to Sebastian in a long time. No, Sebastian sounded surprised, almost caught off guard. I suppose if you want to barge in there and gaze wistfully at her sleeping face, go right ahead. I'll never understand why. No, said Jace, you never will. Why? Do these children not have any chill? Because <laughs> yes. they're children. <sighs> so, oh damn. He said that there's a lot of... The reason I wanted to read that is because he said there was a lot of blood and he has to clean himself up. Which I think we all know what happened, but we'll find out later. So Clary barely has time to like school her features and pretend she's asleep before Jace comes, like opens the door and she feigns waking when the light from the hallway pours in, which we've all done. We have all done this. Yes. (laughs) And she's like, I hope that was convincing. Like in her head. It was not. I love it though. Never. Well, and what's so funny is, like, your partner is a person that's actually seen you wake up so many times. They can tell the difference. Yeah. (laughs) All I know is that I slurp my spit. Like, I've been (laughs) drooling. And so I'm like, (laughs) what? I love it. You just got to add that. Yes. Okay. So... So he closed the door, casting the room into darkness once more as she could barely, like, she can barely make out his silhouette. And he approaches the bed and kneels down beside her, and it's him. It's the real Slim JC. It only takes Clary a moment to recognize her boo thing, and her first question is how. Same girl, same. You have done absolutely nothing. Let me get right to it. So how the fuck is this happening? Jace doesn't have time to explain. He tells her to wait for him to leave and then sneak upstairs to his bedroom. But don't let Sebastian see or hear her. He can't know that they're together. Not tonight. It's like, ooh, spooky. I love it. (laughs) Okay, can I have just one second here? Wasn't she asleep in Jace's bedroom? I thought so. And so, like, have they her to her room? Okay, oh, I was like, have they moved her to a second location? That's right. Which is weird, gotcha. but it must have been because he knew he was leaving. Okay, that makes uh-huh. sense. Okay. But. Thank you. <laughs> sorry, excuse me. After reading the chapter, I still don't understand 
why didn't why was it important that Sebastian didn't know they were together? Do you think Sebastian was picking up on something going on with him? Yeah, well, yeah. After what Kristen was saying, yeah, like, he was like something's wrong. Like I guess, yeah. yeah. I think his it'd be um, more suspicious. His feelers are up, if you will. Yeah. Okay. He's a little stitious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a little. Not a super. Not super. Just a little. Uh huh. Um, where are we? Okay. Okay. So he moves to leave, but Clary stops him asking for his stele, which part of me thinks is like a small sort of test. Just to be sure it's the real Jace, but also because a soundless rune would totally come in handy for sneaking into your boyfriend's bedroom. (laughs) Both things, yes. (laughs) And when he placed the Stelle in her hand, their skin touched. It was electric, you guys. Oh, my God. Touching the real Jace was like like that, with just like his fingertips on her palm is almost hotter than dry humping him in the club. When he was, like, possessed mm-hmm. Jace. <laughs> I was, like, really into it. So Clary sits there dumbfounded for a minute after he leaves, and she can't believe it. Like, she's accomplished half of her mission without even trying. Like, she found out what Sebastian's plan was, and her boyfriend is no longer possessed, and, like, she didn't do jack. <laughs> the plot just happened. No for crime her. was to be had. Yep. <laughs> so shaking herself from shock, she sets to drawing the soundless rune um, on herself so she can go sneak up to her boy toy's room. A boy toy. Sorry, I don't. I don't know why I did that. Okay, so. She eventually goes to follow Jace, and when she gets to his room, she opens his door. Oh, she opens her door, actually. I'm sorry. Before she gets to his room, she can hear, like, classic-y piano music coming from the TV, which is weird. Um, she, she internally tells herself, like, oh, Sebastian must have gone to bed. But, like, why is the TV on then? Who's watching the TV? Who gets up and goes to bed and leaves the TV on? What kind of madness is this? Who lives like this? Um, also, like, I feel like if your husband had control of the TV, he would be watching music videos on the TV, Mm. which is what my husband does. And, Mm -hmm. like, I I am too old for that. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Andy does. He watches, yeah, it's ESPN, The Office, or music videos. Absolutely. Uh Like, I'm cool. Like, play it through the speakers. Uh In the house, like, do whatever. I don't want to watch a produced music video anymore. What in the Gen X bullshit is going to sleep to music videos? Who watches music videos anymore? (laughs) Do do they even make them anymore? I mean, I'm just like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I'm sure they make them. Like, even MTV knows to stop doing that. Right. Right. So anyway, the music, it's obviously something that she thinks that Jace would like. So I don't know. It's interesting. So maybe Jace is the one that left it on. But anyway, the music makes her wonder about Sebastian's humanity and like his ability to appreciate music and art. Like, does he even like any of it? I don't Uh know. (laughs) So when she gets to Jace's room, the windows are open and it was, quote, a perfect Paris night. 
gross. Um, and end quote. And she can see him like standing between the two windows. And his witch light is the only, it sounds like it's the only light on in the room. He had taken off his coat and she like mentally notes, she's like, oh, this makes sense why he didn't take off his coat when he came into the house. Like, not everybody does that right away. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're distracted, you might leave your jacket on. He was coming to your room real quick. Like, I don't, it's just a silly thing to pay attention to. But anyway, it was because um, his entire outfit underneath was covered in blood and his shirt was, like, torn. Can I tell you right now, this is one of my favorite, like, tropey tropes in, like, TV shows is when, like, the bad boy comes home and he's got, like, his zip up all the way up and then she unzips him and he's covered in blood. I wrote I wrote that into a book once. It, it's hot. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Again, I just, like... Violence is my love language, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody comes in the house and does what I do and hangs up their stuff and puts their shoes on the shoe rack. No, obviously that's what we do in my house. Not everybody's life but... is a TikTok like that. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. My house is certainly not a TikTok. I'll tell you that. More than mine. <laughs> <laughs> my kids aren't even like. Anyway, look at my playroom. Okay, so anyway, um, so yeah, he's obviously been in some sort of a fight. She realizes, um, he had already bandaged up his forearm before she had gotten to the room. So. Obviously, he did it quickly, but it took her a minute to get there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. She must have really just been sitting there going, this is amazing. I am such a good detective. (laughs) I'm, like, so good at this. I should, like, join the FBI. (laughs) So she started to go to him, and he told her not to, like, as he's unbuttoning his shirt. And I think it's because... He wanted to make this like a true lies, um, strip tease sort of moment uh-huh. for her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, chicka, chicka, wow, wow. chicken, but meow, no. meow. <laughs> just kidding. We don't get that. Um, I think he just, I, I don't quite know why he said no. Like, I she think started, he just doesn't want her to get blood on her. Maybe because he is covered in blood. So he's taking those off. She notices as he takes off his shirt that the, that Lilith's rune is still in place, but it had like a burn on it that's like shimmering silvery red and um he tells her he like apparently he knows that this won't last long like the him being himself part so he's gonna turn back into the other jace soon and i don't know how he knows that but okay so apparently uh sorry so she points out that um she's not entirely dumb And, like, she had thought about cutting the rune off of him while he was sleeping at one point since they've been together. But she was worried that V squared, Mm -hmm. (laughs) love that, uh, would actually feel uh, her doing that to Jace. So I'm going to read this. Um, Quote, he would have. Pause quote really quickly. Like, anyone could even know that, Napoleon. Okay. Continue quote. (laughs) <laughs> he didn't feel this because it was made with a Pugo. Pugio. 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 It's know. a dagger seethed in angel blood. They're incredibly rare, 
And I've never seen one in real life before. Sorry, I forgot I was reading a quote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He ran his fingers through his hair. The blade turned into hot ash after it touched me, but it did the damage it needed to. I love that he's running his hands through his hair. (laughs) He's like, I just... It's such a hot boy move. It is, definitely. Especially a hot boy with longer hair. Mm -hmm. The JTT. Yes, exactly. Ooh, my favorite. Or the Devon Sawa. Sorry. Oh, yeah. For Mm -hmm. Sizzle. Yeah, because that was a little bit longer in the front. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and shorter on the side. Yeah. So Clary asks if the obvious fight he was in was with a demon and why V squared wasn't with him at the time. And he doesn't answer any of her questions. He just tells her that this wound will, like the wound on the rune, will heal slower than a normal cut, but it will still heal. When it does, he will be him. Again, quote, him. He doesn't know how long. Yeah. Yeah, we figured that. You don't know how long. Because, like, has this ever been done before? Anyway. But he knew that he needed to spend time with her, like, while he was himself. Obviously. He's not just, like, going to go to sleep. (laughs) Duh. So before he could continue, she rushes to him. And, um, like, she realizes, like, this is real. This is the real him. Everything is going my way. And they embrace. And she is, like, a Disney princess. And she's like, it's really you. It's you. I don't even know if a Disney princess has said that. But I feel like they would. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some birds flying around. Exactly. Yeah. So she realizes that he is crying. And she tries to console him saying that this entire situation is not his fault. And who knows if that's why he's crying. Just, like, let him cry, boo. Just let him cry. Yeah, maybe he just needs Everything to release okay. it. Like, Jesus. Yeah. I sure the hell would. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was listening to the audio book from Tales from the Shadowhunter Academy and has been crying yes. for a week straight. Yep. He could have been listening to The Cure a lot. We don't know. <laughs> So um, he doesn't even say anything to her. Like, he just, like, they just start kissing. Okay? Like, that's how he's going to get over this. Mm-hmm. And um, things start to get steamy. And he carries her to the bed. Now, there are probably a good two pages of the steam. But I feel awkward recounting it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So just... They're making out. Hands are rubbing. That's what's happening. I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So they continue to steam and her shirt eventually comes off, which I'm just like, is she wearing a bra? Is it a bralette? Like, I have to know the situation going on here. Is this starting to get R-rated? I want to know. I have questions. Yeah. What's the plan? How long is he him for? She has a stellar. Why isn't she creating a portal and take what is We'll get there a little bit. A little bit. I know, but like maybe before the fucking. I know. (laughs) I know. Why is that the first thing that has to happen? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like literally, we can do this anytime. Mm -hmm. Let's just focus on getting you out of here, but no. I get it. They're horny teenagers. They have to take her shirt off. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, okay, so they're steamy. Things are so steamy. You could write in the mirror with your finger. But after a few minutes of <laughs> <Red> this. <rum. laughs> yes. <laughs> Jace puts a stop to it, saying that if they don't stop now, they will not be able to stop. And she's confused. She's like, um, like, don't you want to? And, um, there is kind of an awkward misunderstanding of words where Joyce has, Joyce. (laughs) (laughs) That is weird. I am into it, actually. I was just talking to Joyce last night, so maybe she's on my brain. I don't know. Uh That was funny. (laughs) Okay, so Jace has to admit that he's not a virgin. And by the way, Joyce isn't either because she has two children. So yes. in case anyone was wondering about Joyce's situation. Um, <laughs> so Jace is not a virgin. I know we've all kind of speculated about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like now we know for sure. Begin speculating who took his flower. Who was it? <laughs> Why the fuck did you have to? Oh, 100% some girl in Idris. Okay. Just another shadow hunter. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, I was he my would have the st- only person we know of is Kaylee that he had dated, but she is obviously more recent. Yeah. So probably not the first. No, I feel like he would have kept it close to home first, right? So like it would have okay. been a shadow hunter that cuz they went or did they not go to Okay. Well, maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't wouldn't have. Been he's a been show. at the institute. He's been at institute, and they haven't been going back and forth until recently. Uh huh. Okay. Because they were. Um, Ooh. So yeah. Finished. So maybe it was. I think it was just a New York person just a because like a Monday. The other thing, I feel like there would be some awkwardness mm-hmm. between whoever that person is and Jace. Yeah. In Alicante. Yes. Because I'm assuming with what we know about Jace from Alex and Isabel's uh-huh. statements is like mm-hmm. he this is the first time he's ever like this the Jace that we're seeing is not the Jace that was yeah. before right. Clary. There's a B C and an A C, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming he would probably be a heartbreaker to this girl in Idris. Uh-huh. And I'm assuming she would be pining. And I'm assuming it would be awkward. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good point. And I think, I think like a Monday or something like that would be like a safe, easy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And where would he, maybe they've been to the club a few times to hunt demons. So maybe like he met someone there. Girl. Yeah. Gal. He did kind with of Maybe say, a Monday with the sight. Well, he did kind of say to Simon, like, I, I just have to ride the train. Like, I, I just have to, like, walk down the street without a glamour. And, right. Like, Interesting. they kind of fall all over me. So I think I think he just kind of, like, goes for a stroll in the park with, like, a paperback book in his back pocket. That's so <laughs> Like a slut. <laughs> yeah. So, luckily for Clary, she is not childish enough to let this ruin the mood. Because Mm -hmm. I know for some people, it would just hurt their feelings. Which, you know, anyway. So, anyway, that's not what he actually meant. He doesn't want to go all the way. um, Because he'd never done it before when, like, the relationship actually mattered. 
And he wants her like really, really, really bad. Or as my four-year-old would say, really, really good. (laughs) He corrects Mm -hmm. me when I say really bad. Um, And Clary's like, oh, my God, don't tell me that this is some weird way for you to protect me again. Like, come on. As my kid would say, déjame. Yes. She says all the time, leave me. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But no, it's not. He doesn't want the Sebastian part of him, the him that he keeps referring to, to come back. Like, when they're in the middle of doing it. He's basically Mm -hmm. like, I'm jealous of myself. I don't want that to happen. (laughs) And um, he tells her that he remembers everything that's been going on while he is the other him. Um, But when they're together like that, he wants it to be the real him. Mm -hmm. And he hates everything about the, like, that other one. Like, I don't even know how you've been able to stand him, is what he says to Clary. She tells him that him coming back makes, like, all of this worth it. Like, him being here now, she would have hated their last encounter to have been on the rooftop before he was taken with Sebastian. So Uh all of all of the everything that's happened has been worth seeing this moment that he is back right now. And also my assumption would be and that it's possible for it to even happen. Like this Mm -hmm. obviously gives us a little sneak into the future, hopefully. So she knew the real Jace was still in there because sometimes he would let it shine through. But now she knows um, he wasn't just getting tired of her like back in their relationship in the real life. And um, so the first month that they were together, you know, everything was like rainbows and sunshine. But after Jace started um, like staying away from her and stuff and, you know, he was obviously distancing himself. She was starting to get worried. And he's like, dude, I was afraid I was going to hurt you and like that I was literally losing my mind. I thought Mm -hmm. I was going crazy. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, totally. I get it. But like you didn't smile. You didn't laugh. Like, totally no big deal. Not your fault. I know Lilith was in your head. But, like, you're my first boyfriend. So I wasn't sure if this is just something that happened and you were just, like, over our relationship. So I'm Mm -hmm. really glad all of this has happened. (laughs) That way she knows for sure. Yeah. And, again, I think this is an important conversation to have. But this is not the time. (laughs) It's focus. (sighs) So Jace responds to her and he's like, I could never. I love your finger patents. It's just sometimes I get so scared. Scared of being a nobody. That's the second never Adam Sandler quote. Turn down at Adam Sandler. I will not. That's my, I was listening to The Cure a lot. That was Adam Sandler saying that. Uh-huh. Is that from The Wedding Singer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Clary cuts him off because clearly they don't have time for idle chatter. And she goes on to, Clary goes on to clarify her feelings, <laughs> saying that when uh, V-Ting Light is controlling him, he just seems so happy. And since he was kind of a real bummer as the old Jay, she started to wonder, like, like why, what was I saving you for? Like, or from? Like, it's a good point. when you were old Jace, you were, like, upset. And mm-hmm. now you're happy. So, like, why? Yeah, I only knew you for a month where you were happy. Like, is that even the real you? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Jace tells his boo that she's got it twisted. Um, He was so lucky to have her and he couldn't see it. You know, demon possessed. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. The demon mm-hmm. interjection was me. That was not <laughs> in the book. But, like, come on, Clary. Like, you literally just said you knew he was possessed by Lilith. Drop it. Exactly. Right. But he loves her, and she makes him the happiest. And now more than ever, like, now that he's lost everything, like, he's, like, rekindled to, like, fight for his family. And, like, he wants his life back. And Jace leans in and kisses her again, and it quickly turns spicy before he says, like, again, like, we can't do this. Focus. And Clary's like, okay, cool. Then quit kissing me. Yeah. And then she wastes the few precious minutes they have by going into the bathroom, splashing some water on her face, and pulling her hair into what I can only imagine is a beautiful messy bun that would make me envious for years. Like... I bet she can do the perfect messy top knot bun. Yes. Without having to bobby pin it. Uh And then you bobby pin your hair and then the bobby pin stays in your hair, but it's no longer attached to your head. So it's just kind of floating up into your bun. So annoying. Yes. Rude. Yeah. So she gets this hand towel. She wets it down with soap. And steps out. So, like, sh- her thing is, like, she's composed herself. She's got the hand towel. Um, she has a shirt on now and stuff. And Jace is sitting <laughs> on the edge of the bed. Yeah, important. She's clothed. In jeans. Like, who the fuck puts on jeans, bro? Put some jam pants. I feel like you are a psycho. Uh-huh. And he has a... He has a clean shirt on. <laughs> I typed clear shirt on, which... <laughs> would be really funny (laughs) he has a clean shirt on and clary instantly asks him to take it off and jace like wag like waggles his eyebrows i guess he raises his eyebrows up and she assures him that she can handle the sight of his bare chest without swooning so Jace takes his shirt off and makes the most Jace statement ever about how his chest has caused many women to severely injure themselves, stampeding to get to him. And Clary's like, yeah, yeah, bucko. Like, I just want to clean the blood off of you. And I, like, was kind of eye rolling because, again, I'm like, you don't know how much time you have. But I do feel like this was a good, like, device mm-hmm. to show, like, Jace really being his Jacey self again. So... I get it. And she notices that the cuts on him were mostly shallow. Like, if he had chosen to use an Arazzi, they might have already been healed by now. And I'm assuming he doesn't want to because it'll cause the chest wound to heal faster if he uses an Arazzi. And there is a good paragraph painting the picture of Clary cleaning Chase's chest off that I'm not super interested in. Because it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's not weird. It's weird because they're babies. And um, it's interrupted. Like, it's silent. Like, they're s- silently doing that. And Jace tells her, like, once the rune grows back and I'm under Sabi's control again, he's not going to remember this time that they have together right now. So please use this moment to tell him how his family are. And then he's like, do they know? And it's like a boomer dot, dot, dot (laughs) in a text message or a hyphen because Clary cuts him off as he's talking. She like interjects and he's like, I feel like she kind of dryly tells him like, yeah, they know what happened to you. And no, they aren't all right. 
like literally like that. And she's like, I could lie to you, um, but you should know that they love you and they want to get you back. Like, I'm not going to spare your feelings or whatever. And Jace's response is kind of like a breathy, like, not like this. <laughs> Very hair in front of the eyes. And clearly, instant clarity, sorry, goes into asking him how he got all fucked up. Like, what are what's all this mess from on your body? And Jace takes a breath and says that he killed someone. And Clary is shocked. She's shooketh, if you will. Mm, absolutely. <clears throat> yep. She drops the hand towel and she bends down to pick it up and like he's staring down at her. And so like they're like making awkward eye contact from the floor, I guess. <laughs> and she of course like asks who the victim was. And Jace answers oddly. And I'm sure like he's shocked at what he has done. Mm-hmm. And life doesn't feel real at the moment. So I can understand why he's answering weird. It's just regardless, it's still a weird way to say it. So I'm going, he's just like, uh, he's like, you met her. The woman you went to visit with Sebastian, the iron sister, Magdalena, like a way to bury the lead, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Like it was very dramatic. And I he's probably like. In shock or whatever, but it was just, like, it was funny. Anyway. Jace leans back and grabs a replica mortal cup, saying that um, Sebastian sent me. And then he corrects himself, saying, like, he sent him, like, I mean him, not me, to go get it. He also gave the order to kill her. And she wasn't expecting violence, so she was, like, she was just expecting payment in exchange for the cup because, like, they're on the same fucking side, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And then um, Jace just took his dagger out and stabbed her. Like it was just he had the cup in his hand and he just took the dagger out. He tried to go for her heart, but she ended up moving. And she grabbed powdered Adamus from her work table and threw it at him. And then I'm going to quote my goats this part. I feel like I might have answered my question listening to Amanda, but I'm still confused. So I turned my head away. And when I looked back, she had an Aegis in her hand. I think I knew what it was. The light of it seared my eyes. I cried out as she drove it toward my chest. I felt a searing pain in the mark and the blade shattered. He looked down and gave a mirthless laugh. The funny thing is, if I'd been wearing gear, this wouldn't have happened. I didn't because I didn't think it was worth the bother. I didn't think she could hurt me. But the Aegis burned the mark, Lilith's mark, and suddenly I was back in myself, standing there over this dead woman with a bloody dagger in my hand and the cup in the other. Mm. And I'm probably pronouncing that word wrong. I just want you to know. Mm. I'm very sorry. And the word Aegis is italicized. And so I had to Google it on the Google machine. And the only thing I could find is that it was like a sh- and it's a shield or a breastplate used by Zeus and Athena in Greek mythology. Hmm. But then you called it something else in your section. Uh-huh. It was a pugis or something. That's interesting. Hmm. And it kind of makes me want to go. Did you spell it correctly? I think like, so. I don't mean like because I'm in the book a, is in the other room. So, but I did. It is a quote, so 
I would have at least attempted to spell it correctly. <laughs> How did? Okay, here, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, um, Kendall has this cool thing where you can type in. <clears throat> well, in the word, and then it finds it for you. <laughs> okay, so it says it was made. Hold on, I'm gonna get to your quote. He didn't feel this because it was made with a Pugio, a dagger seed, and angel blood. Yeah, I just don't. But, like, didn't, can't Sebastian, because the same wounds appear on Sebastian's body, right? Yes. Apparently not, right? Well, that, like, that's, with this one? That's what I'm confused about is, like, was there something special about this thing that caused the wound that made it so it didn't show up on Sebastian because otherwise I feel like if a cut came up on Sebastian's chest, he'd be like, Oh shit. I know where like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be a dead giveaway. I don't know. Well, and I think maybe the fact that it was like angel blood was involved was the fact that it could damage the rune. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the caveat on why the rune is damaged. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why it would make it so Sebastian didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. That part, I'm not sure. And why are they calling it two different things? Right. So confusing. I don't know. Uh, a, P- a Pugio was a dagger used by Roman soldiers uh-huh. as a sidearm. So that's an actual, like, that was the name of a weapon. I don't know. I just... um. You know, ancient Rome and all. Huh. Yeah. I got to mm-hmm. figure it out. Okay. Clary, back to the story, asks um, why there was a kill order against Magdalena. And Jace reminds her of the clock in Prague and the story that Sebastian told about the king and the clockmaker. And it is the same situation with Caffeine Free Tang. <laughs> he wanted Magdalena dead. So she couldn't ever make another one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dead men tell no tales. Yep. <laughs> she can't talk cheese me about it, and she can't make another mm-hmm. one. And Clary being awakened, like, for something that he said, it sparks her, like, fuck, I'm here for crime. Mm-hmm. and yeah. agent xing like that is the purpose of my trip she decides to ask this jace who was thinking clearly what sebastian's true plans are because the story in the training room mm-hmm. seemed suspect as hell mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i'm finally, glad we're getting they're finally it. having this conversation but like fuck dude way to put the cart before the horse yeah. right mm-hmm. So Jace says, he's like, oh, he wants to raise demons, all right. <laughs> uh, one in particular, Lilith. And Clary is like, no, that bitch is dead. He can't raise her. But unfortunately, that isn't the case. Because greater demons don't really die. They inhabit places between worlds, like this great void of emptiness. And Simon shattered her power and sent her back to the nothingness she came from, like, in pieces. Like, the pieces of her are scattered through the void. But she will slowly reform there. I said that right. 
I thought I said it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if she were to grow her power back and like her form naturally, it could take centuries. But uh, Sebi wants to help her and he wants to summon her to do the way he's going to do that, basically, is summon her back to the world, mix her blood into the new cup and create an army of dark Nephilim. Like dark angels, but not the sexy, cool Jessica Alba kind. All right. (laughs) Those are not the dark angels that are happening. Awesome. And Clary tells him that he and Sebi are tough, but they aren't exactly an army. Like, yeah, the two of you guys are tough guys. And then Jace breaks the news that there are around 40 to 50 shadow hunters that are either ex-Vtangers or pissy about how the clave is running themselves. And they're opening to hearing what unseasoned Tang has to say. They're uh, going to be there when he raises Lilith. And when slash if they join him, like, who knows what will happen. Like, if these 40 or 50 people are like, hell yeah, bro. (laughs) I'm into your cult. Let's sign up. Then maybe other people will think it's cool and they'll want to join too. So weird. And the main thing here is Sebastian wants a war. Like, that's what he wants. He wants discord. He wants the war. Mm -hmm. And he is convinced that he will win. And Jace isn't too sure um, if it's all talk. Like, like he's already made allegiances with demons. Like, he's he has been busy. Okay. So he's got an alliance with a bunch of, like, big old demon guys. And once he has all the dark shadow hunters on his side and Lilith, like, he's not sure the clave is prepared to stand against him. Because it seems like the clave is kind of, like, we've been talking about how more and more demons are coming over and the wards are weakening. And, like, it's already a time of kind of unrest. So Mm -hmm. this might just be the shy surprise to end all shy surprises. And Clary's like, fuck, bro. He never actually changed. Like, Jace's blood had no effect on him at all. It's like he was playing her like a fucking fiddle because yes. he is good at being bad. Mm-hmm. So good at being bad. Yeah. And um, she looks at Jace and she's like, you lied to me, too. Oh, my God. And Jace is like, don't you mean he lied? And she walks, like, back her point by saying that, like, okay, I know, like, she's been saying not my Jace the whole time. Like, she know, I know you guys weren't the same person, but apparently she's still fucking offended about it. And this honesty, honesty, like, okay, sorry, fuck, I can't read my own writing. That, like, little interaction seemed very unnecessary to me. We get the point uh-huh. that they are two separate people. We have, it's been literally the whole chapter. They're on a time crunch here. Like, mm-hmm. they both understand it. Like, I don't know. Why Agreed. am I bringing it up? I just like to complain. <laughs> I guess that's the answer to that. I just want to complain about <laughs> shit. But, like, we get it. We get it. And Clary asks about the ages, which I, again, pretty sure mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing incorrectly. I'm very sorry. And, like, maybe, like, Maybe if it can just hurt Jace, then maybe that means it can just hurt Sebastian. We just need to get another one. And Jace isn't sure. 
And, like, he's like, I don't know. And, like, there's not really one to test the theory with. But, like, if you had one, I would. I would be willing to try if you had it. But, like, we don't have one. And he reminds Clary, like, you do know, like, the easiest way to end all of this would be just to stab me in the heart with a dagger. And he says that he's surprised that she didn't do it already while he was sleeping. (laughs) And Clary, like... DJ turns the turntables asking if he could do the same thing to her. Like, could you murder me? Exactly. Besides. Right. I know. She believes that there's a way to make um, everything how it was. Uh, Now, like, I believe we can make this right. So just hand me your Stella. I'll make a portal oyster and we'll get the flock out of here. (laughs) Okay. Which I feel like, why would she like... This Jace, maybe she didn't know, okay? But this Jace isn't going to remember. Fuck, I can't say that correctly. But how does he know that? Possessed Jace there you go. isn't going to remember real Jace's interaction. So hide the fucking Stella girl and be like, yes. bitch, I don't know. You must have fucking lost it. Battling yes. Magdalena. And then Ask hide if the he knows Stella. where your ring is also. Yes, get on with it, girl. Get yeah. your shit. Go steal it for me. Uh-huh. If you know where it is. Yes. Find it. But anyway. But like, Jace. how does possessed Jace not know what Angel Jace <laughs> mm-hmm. is doing? But it, it uh, vice versa, is, it works. Like, he remembers everything that's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. How is he? Yeah. How is he going to know that the other guy won't remember? But it's worth it to at least try to hide the fucking Stella. Agreed. Right. I must have yeah. lost it when I went and killed that chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that your chick? Sorry. <laughs> um, Jace breaks the news, the bad news bears, that portals won't work in the townhouse. And the only way out is the wall in the kitchen. Which, by the by, is also how you move the apartment to different places. Like, that's the control board that is where you do all your shit from Mm -hmm. and clary asks if jace like okay cool could you like maybe drive us to the silent city like do you think you could do that because maybe the brothers could find a way to separate the two of them and then they can tell the clave about sebastian's plan so they'll be better prepared to deal with the consequences and jace says that yes he could take them to the silent city And he will go with her. Like, yes. Yes and yes. But just so there's no untruth between them, Clary needs to know that if the Silent Brothers get their hands on him, they will kill him. And as a good shadow hunter, he should volunteer to die to stop all the evil that Sebastian is about to do. And, of course, Clary is, like, utterly against the idea of, like, jace dying obviously um especially since none of it is jace's fault like he didn't do anything wrong he shouldn't be punished because sebi's an evildoer um and jace reminds her like with the clave it isn't a question of punishment it's more like a statement of practicality if jace is dead then sebastian will be too it's just the same as if jace were to sacrifice himself in battle Yep. And it's whatever to say that he didn't choose this, but um, soon enough he'll be, like, back under Sebastian's control, and then he really won't have a choice. Like, like I, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm under his control, whatever. 
<laughs> and so he tells Clary that, um, again, he's remembering everything that had happened since Clary has been there as a reiteration. And as Justin Timberlake would say, <laughs> it's all he ever wanted. Yeah. It's all he ever needed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, like, what does that say about him? Uh-huh. Like, as a person, like, how does something so evil make him so happy? And Jace Lightwood knows that this is fucked up. Okay. All of this is awful. But Jace Wayland is so, so into oh it. Oh, my God. Like, this is his perfect life. I can't. Valentine's son. This guy. This guy with the names. I know. Like, listen, I've been there. We've all had identity crises. Let's not. <laughs> you got to, you got to, when, uh-huh. you, when you, when you pick up a new one, you got to let the other one go. Yes. <laughs> it's time. We can't hold. You got to retire Amber. In order to and be become. KJ. Yes. Thank you. I think that was opposite. Though. I, I think you're right. I think KJ came before Amber. Uh-huh. You gotta put that past in the past. Mm-hmm. But basically, he's at this point, okay? He's, I feel like he's kind of trying to take back a little bit of control in his life here. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna be under Sebastian's control. All this shit's gonna happen. I'm kind of wishy-washy on whether I'm a good shadow hunter or not. I know what I need to do, and I am choosing to do it. Mm-hmm. So before this rune is repaired and I'm taken over again... I need you to help me go to the silent city so I can turn myself and the cup in. Like, that's what I want to do. That is my wish. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and then that's it. I'm anxious. <laughs> and then, and then How are they going to get out? What's going to happen? I know. Join us next time. Yeah. I just, it's so, I don't know. It's interesting Uh because it's so very much not what I would have done if I were in their situation. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, there's a couple things here. Again, if, if it is true that this Jace isn't going to understand, he could tell Clary to go take the cup and and destroy it. Mm -hmm. Like, you, like, the main thing here is the cup is the artifact artifact mm-hmm. i don't know why i said artifact that was fucking weird that's going like it's what's going to cause all this destruction right supposedly what we know now mm-hmm. it is the epicenter of his plan yeah. so sneak her down into the townhouse with the cup into stelle let her out the door and have mm-hmm. her portal oyster to the silent city to get rid of the cup yeah. and inform the clave and stuff like you don't necessarily have to die if well, they're Sebastian they might can kill save you. Him. But Sebastian would die, too. Because they're fair. tied together. He yeah, can't yeah, kill yeah. him. Huh. He cannot kill him. Yeah. Like, he could start a manhunt for Clary. But if she's, like, under the protection of the Silent Brothers, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, where that's going to go. Yeah. But I just feel like, in a way, Jace is always... Um, his decisions are always self-sacrificing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like in his, that's the only way he can prove to himself that he is worthy. Well, yeah. Yep. He, he doesn't so, believe that 
he can show value without being useful. Mm-hmm. And, like, so they're not planning appropriately here for this <laughs> subterfuge, if you will. Agreed. And because now, obviously, if his plan is to sacrifice himself, Clary's not going to be into it. And the collaboration is stopped. I don't know. I just feel like there's different options they could have made. You're rapidly approaching an impasse. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what choice they make next week when we do Chapter 18, Rizziel. Oh, Rizzy Rizzy. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Okay, for behind. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. People have heard this before. Mm-hmm. For behind the scenes <laughs> content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.